Wow. <laughs> How do you follow that? Whew. I'm feeling heavy already. <laughs> Drea and worship team. Wow. I, I just, uh, as my wife and I were worshiping, we just sensed the presence of the Lord so strongly in the room. And Pastor Cindy's so right. It's critical for us to come and soak in the presence of God. It's critical for us to bring the next generation, our children, even if they don't fully understand everything that's happening in the room, to sit and soak and be in the presence of God. God's word is a seed. And the funny thing about seeds is seeds don't germinate and they don't multiply until they're in the right environment. They have to have the right mixture of soil and moisture. And in that moment, the seed comes to life and life begins to take place and multiplication begins to happen. And I just sense in my spirit that the Lord is, is telling me to just urge us as believers in this church as a body that this is a season where the atmosphere of heaven is multiplying the seeds of God that have been spoken, that have been prophesied over so many of you. When Prophet Esther came last week, I'm going to mess up my sermon notes, so uh, production team, just be ready. I'm just going to hop all over the place. <laughs> I'll jump to the end. Oh, wow. So when Prophet Esther came and ministered, I was not present here in the room. My wife came up with Pastor Cindy, and I, I got to tell you, I have never seen someone minister in such an acute and sharp prophetic anointing where she's calling out grandchildren by name. And so I, and this is a word maybe for those of you watching online, I'm watching this service from my phone, and my youngest son is sitting next to me. And the two of us are watching the service live streamed on Facebook. And as Prophet Esther begins to minister the word of the Lord, the joy of the Lord begins to minister in the room. And my wife and Pastor Cindy are on the floor. <laughs> and my son, my son, he goes, Dad, what's mom doing? <laughs> and, here, <laughs> and here I am holding my phone. I have to explain this to my 10-year-old. and go, well, son, sometimes when the Spirit of the Lord moves, we fall down. You know, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, the Spirit of the Lord fell, and it, like tongues of fire came and rested upon the believers. And they all began to speak in other languages. Do you remember what was uh, being mocked and what was being said by those that were observing from the outside when they saw what the Spirit of the Lord was doing in the early church? They mocked them and they said that they were drunk. Anytime God moves in great power, there will be those that will mock and ridicule what the Lord is doing. But let that not deter you. God is bringing you into a season to be bold. He wants the next generation to come along, and it doesn't always have to make sense. So can we put the picture up of Pastor Cindy and Carrie? <laughs> so 
<laughs> I was laughing as I was preparing my notes yesterday. And so my son and I are sitting at home. We're watching the live stream service. <laughs> and as the joy of the Lord hit them, here I am 30 minutes away watching on live stream and the joy of the Lord hits me. I'm sitting at home with my son and I'm hysterically laughing. Cannot hold it together. And my son looks at me and goes, Dad, why are you laughing? <laughs> Don't ever discount what God can do in children, even though they may not fully cognitively understand what's happening in that moment. Because God moves. He moves. He says the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. That we come to him as children with pure hearts, pure faith. Where we're not polluted by all of the questions and the things that we feel like God needs to bow to our intellect. And that doesn't make sense to me, Lord, until you explain this, I'm not going to do it. We get these postures sometimes in our hearts. But Jesus said, come to me like the little children. And I love when the Lord moves. And this morning, I felt like the Lord put a word on my heart. Once again, not in my notes. But as Pastor Cindy was sharing about her mother, and for us as a body, Isaiah 61, when Jesus was preaching this in Luke chapter 4, he was reading through, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. His anointing is the Spirit of God upon you to do works, mighty works to advance the gospel, to advance the kingdom. So Jesus is ministering, and in Isaiah 61, the prophet Isaiah says this, to appoint unto them that mourn for Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. The world will give you ashes. Life will come, destruction occurs, but in the kingdom... The Spirit of the Lord exchanges the ashes for beauty. Oh, and I love this picture. The oil of joy for mourning. If you've been mourning, other translations say, talks about the spirit of heaviness. But there's an oil of joy. There's an oil of the Holy Spirit on this room in this movement of what God is doing here at the Promised Church. There's an oil of joy that will sustain you through the darkest seasons of your life. Hebrews chapter 12 says that it was for the joy set before him that he did what? He endured the cross. For the joy, there's a deep heartfelt joy that is born of the Spirit. And that joy is what was in the focus of our Savior as he hung and died on the cross. There was joy in his heart and in his mind. There was the laughter in his heart as he bled to death on the cross. There's joy that will sustain you. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And there's something that we as believers get to walk in when we go through despair, when we go through loss, when we experience the trauma and the pain of this life, there's a joy that will sustain you. Jesus demonstrated it on the cross. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He gives you an oil of joy for mourning. 
in exchange, when the world will mourn, when it makes sense to be in despair and loss, there's a joy that bubbles up from within you. There's a joy that the Holy Spirit gives you. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. And I love this. This word is for everyone who loves to shop in the room. A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. For the spirit of despair, some translations say. When you sense despair, when you sense mourning, when there's heaviness, when reality sets in. And the person that you lost is no longer there. And the reality set in for the disciples when Jesus' body was laying in the grave. Their leader, their fearless leader who they followed and experienced life change. His body was lying without a heartbeat in a grave. They had despair. The Bible says that we have a garment that he gives us. There's a garment that you get to put on. The thing about garments is you put it on the outside. You might feel something in the inside, but our feelings don't get to determine how we respond by faith. And sometimes faith means you take a step when you don't feel it in your heart. So you put a garment of praise on and the spirit of heaviness lifts. Pastor Cindy was referring to a sacrifice of praise. I love what Pastor Bill Johnson at Bethel Church says that praise, a sacrifice of praise, is the one thing that we can give God this side of heaven that we will never do in heaven. When you're in heaven, you don't have despair. When you're in heaven, you don't have despondency. You're not depressed. You don't have these things. But when you feel it on this side of heaven, you get a choice. You get to put on the garment of praise. And that garment of praise will lift your spirit and you begin to see breakthrough take place because out of the confession of your mouth, you see things begin to change. He is faithful. He is good. He's the redeemer. He's the restorer. And when you speak it, God, you are so good, despair lifts. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We put that garment on this morning. We put that garment on every day. Church, we are called in this season, in these last days, to always wear our garment of praise. We are called in these last days to walk in the Spirit. How long are we going this morning? Perfect. <laughs> wow. God is so good, amen? All the time. All the time. I think it's no accident that this morning the Lord put it on my heart to speak on the person of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There was such a critical role that the Holy Spirit played in the life of Jesus and now plays today for you and I as we operate under the same anointing that Jesus operated under. So the title of my message is just Holy Spirit Manifestations. Holy Spirit Manifestations. I love to go through scripture and look at all of the times that the Holy Spirit made himself present, revealed who he was, 
and the operation and the ministry and administration of the Holy Spirit was different in the Old Testament than it was in the New Testament and how you and I interact with him. And Jesus being our gold standard, watching how he operated under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and how you and I operate in that same anointing that Jesus had and still has today. I was raised in a very Christian home and I was always around the things of the Spirit. From a very young age, I, uh, I was part of a small church in East County called Emmanuel Community Church. It was an old Assemblies of God church. On our best Sunday, we had 20 people. It was very small. But I remember being exposed, even as a child, to the things of the Spirit. I remember my grandfather would get up to preach in his old King James deep voice, and he would preach the word of the Lord. And I'd be sitting in the front row with my coloring book. I'd just be drawing, not fully understanding everything the Lord was doing. I remember one service when the Lord was moving particularly strong and the presence of God was flowing in the room and we were singing. And my great-grandmother, who's now gone to be with the Lord, my great-grandmother stands up in the middle of the service and she begins to speak in tongues. This was the first experience for me to experience and see something like this as a young child. And my grandma's going for it. And she's just going for it. And I'm just coloring. And I look over at grandma. And I look at my mom. I go, mom, what's grandma doing? What's happening? So my mom's explaining what's taking place. And then my, my grandma really gets into the spirit. And she's like, you know, it's like machine gun. Da, 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 da. She's just going for it, just letting it rip. Still had no idea what was happening. And then my grandma would stop, and there would be this pause. And then she would bring her own interpretation. I'd never seen anybody do this in my life. And then she would begin with tears in her eyes. My grandma has such a sensitivity to the Lord. And she would just be weeping, tears coming down her face. And she would say, the Lord says to you, and she would give some beautiful word. And she would do this multiple times, I would see, throughout my childhood as I grew up. And watching my grandma do this, it, it, it marked me in the spirit. Being in God's presence will mark you. I can't say it enough. Bring your kids into the atmosphere of God's presence. Let them see what the Lord is doing. It marks you. It stirred a, a hunger in my heart. And later on in my life, in my teenage years, when I kind of went off and I did these things, there were moments where the Lord would just prick me and bring me back. And I would recognize that, that, that prodding from the Holy Spirit. Like Pastor Cindy would say, I, I would recognize God's presence. I'd go, that's him. That's him. That's what he looks like. That's what he sounds like. So as I grew up in this church, here's a, here's a, small, a picture of me as a teenager. I was at my grandparents' church uh, later. And so you can see the room is like 10 feet wide. It was super, super narrow. And there was about 10 rows of pews. And uh, my grandfather was the pastor. My aunt was the Sunday school teacher. My dad was the song leader. My grandma played piano. And my brother and I were the youth group. <laughs> that was it. And we would show up to Sunday school. And my aunt would teach us. She'd use the little flannel boards and take Jesus and Mary and move it around. And, and I had all the stories down. I had it. I got it. 
But what marked me most about that season of my life is recognizing what God looked like, recognize what he felt like, recognizing his presence. And I learned what the Holy Spirit movement, what his movements looked like. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, talking about the Holy Spirit. It talks about how the Holy Spirit was present even at creation. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, say the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He was there at creation. He was there when they spoke, let us, plural, let us make man in our image. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were present at creation. Let's go to the next slide. We see throughout Israel's history, the Holy Spirit would enable men to do supernatural acts. You can read one of my favorite stories with Samson. The Spirit of the Lord, Judges chapter 15, verses 14 and 15. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, Samson, the person. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you're enabled to do supernatural things. The Spirit of the Lord would come upon Samson. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. This is a boy's story. This is, I was a boy, and I love this story. The fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it, and he struck down a thousand men. With a donkey jawbone. Wow. That's amazing. The Spirit of the Lord will empower you to do supernatural wonders. So now let's skip ahead to Jesus. Let's go to the next slide. I want you to understand something before we read this verse about Jesus. Jesus was the only human in the history of the world to be born without sin. He didn't have a sin nature. And so he was born and he had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in his heart from birth. He was and is perfection. Lived a sinless life. So Jesus had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in his heart. In fact, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, his mother, he said that the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will conceive a child. He was born of the Spirit. He had the Spirit from the beginning. I love how Luke summarizes Jesus' entire childhood in a verse that says that the grace of God was upon him and he was filled with wisdom. Proverbs refers to wisdom as the spirit of the Lord. He was filled with wisdom. He was filled with the spirit of God from birth, from very early on. And then he grew in wisdom. He was filled with wisdom. Then he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. He grew in that wisdom. So Jesus was a really good boy. He was a really good kid. I mean, can you imagine being Jesus' childhood friend in Nazareth and just hanging out with him, playing kickball? He always picked like the low, I, I just imagine him picking like the, the guy with his worst at kickball, like he'd always pick the worst kid. He never had a tantrum. Jesus never like, you know, he never acted out at his mom or had an attitude when his mom told him to take the trash out. He was, he was like the best kid. He was so good. So much so that his siblings took offense at Jesus. Can you imagine having your older brother be God? 
I mean, I had some conflicts with my older brother, but if my brother was God, that would be, that would be something, a hurdle to kind of get over in your relationship, right? You got to work through some of that. So here you've got Jesus' siblings. The Bible even talks about how his siblings took offense at Jesus. They actually thought Jesus was loco in the cabeza. They thought he was crazy. And so Mary and all the siblings got together and they concocted this plan. Let's get Jesus and let's, let's, when he needs some help. He needs some professional psychiatric help. So all of the siblings get together while Jesus is preaching, and they send in one of the siblings. They send a messenger and saying, hey, your mother and your family are calling for you. They want you. And Jesus is in the middle of a message. And Jesus says, who is my mother? Who is my brother? And he's making a reference saying that things are shifting. And in fact, when Jesus went to his hometown in Nazareth, the Bible says he could do no miracles. He only healed a few sick. Why? Because they took offense at him. They had no respect of the anointing that was upon his life. However, there's an entire book of the Bible written by Jesus' brother, James. So at some point, James saw the light and things shifted. Do not underestimate the seeds that are planted in your children. If you have family members right now that are away from the Lord, begin to contend for them in the spirit. Intercede for them in the spirit because God's call is on their life. We have, my wife and I have family members that we call out by name and we pray over. And we're believing to see God's promises fulfilled in our family line. God is moving. So, back to Jesus. Let's put the slide up. So here's Jesus, born. He has the Spirit of God within him, but very distinctly something shifts in his year 30th year of adulthood. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven opened. Can you imagine this scene? Put yourself into this story. You're at the Jordan River. Jesus dips down in the water. As soon as he comes up, dripping wet, the heavens open. Clouds part. And the Bible says he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on Jesus. This is one of the few times that everyone present in that moment heard the audible voice of God say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. They heard the audible voice of God. The Spirit of God descends, the anointing of the Holy Spirit rests upon Jesus. In essence, you could refer to this as the baptism of the Holy Spirit for Jesus. He did no miracles before this moment. Jesus didn't heal any sick birds. He didn't touch any of his friends and heal sick, you know, skinned knees. Jesus did no miracles until the Holy Spirit anointed him. And when that anointing, in other words, the person that did the miracles, in essence, wasn't so much Jesus. It was God by the Holy Spirit through Jesus' surrenderedness, walking. Because Jesus wanted to demonstrate for you and I how we can walk here on this earth. If Jesus did miracles because he was the Son of God, then we couldn't do them. Because we have to stand at a distance and applaud and go, good job, Jesus. You're God. I'm not. That's awesome. But Jesus wanted to demonstrate what you and I are capable of doing when we walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So from this moment on, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and he remained. Because the Holy Spirit hosts God's presence in a beautiful, perfect way. 
Let's go to the next slide. So Jesus begins to demonstrate and he begins to teach his disciples what the Holy Spirit says. I love putting these in one slide because I want us to understand how important it was to Jesus that we understand the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. If you want to dig through. So in John chapter 14, Jesus is now teaching his disciples and he's saying that he, the Holy Spirit, he lives with you. The Holy Spirit is among you, but he will be in you. The issue of sin had not yet been dealt with because Jesus had not yet died on the cross and he had not yet shed his blood for the remission of our sin. So Jesus said, wait, the moment's coming. The same thing that I'm walking in, the same thing that I'm operating in, you're going to as well. But you need something. You need the Holy Spirit. You need him. So Jesus said he lives with you, John 14, 17 says, and he will be in you. John 16, 7 said, can you imagine Jesus, the son of God, saying it's actually better for you. It's to your advantage that I go away. What a bold statement for the son of God to make. Here is the son of God in the flesh here on earth. And Jesus says, it's better for all of you that I'm not here. Because when I go, I will send the comforter. I will send the counselor. I will send the teacher who is the Holy Spirit. And you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you will go and be my witnesses to all the ends of the earth. I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is the one that baptizes us. John 20, 22, I love this. Jesus now has died on the cross. He's in the grave for three days. When he raises, the disciples are fearful. They're scared of their lives. They're hiding. And here Jesus comes and appears in this room. Must have just come through the wall. We don't know how he got in the room. But here's Jesus. And the first thing he says to his, his disciples is, peace be with you. Then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And then... John 20, 22, Bible says Jesus breathed on them. <sighs> Receive the Holy Spirit. That was the salvation moment for every disciple in the room. They get saved. They receive the Holy Spirit. And then I love this, Acts 1, 5. Jesus says, this isn't the whole package. This isn't the whole thing. You need to be baptized, anointed in the Holy Spirit. And so he instructs his disciples, stay in Jerusalem. Do not leave. Wait until you've received the gift my Father has promised you. And in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized. I'm believing this morning that God wants to baptize some of you in the Holy Spirit. I believe that what God is doing with Pastor Cindy, what God has been doing in this church, there's an atmosphere that God wants to transfer into your family legacy. And by faith, I prophesy that things shift in your family right now. Spiritual strongholds that have been in your family line for generations and generations and generations are broken when you have a moment of anointing in the Holy Spirit. There's an anointing that takes place, and the, the Lord effortlessly breaks the chains of bondage. It's effortless because he is the redeemer. He is the redeemer. So let's wrap things up in Acts chapter 2. If you'll join me, let's go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at how the Holy Spirit manifested as tongues of fire. 
And we'll allow the word of God to minister to us this morning as we bring things to a close. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit manifests as tongues of fire. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, I love the suddenlies in scripture, suddenly. It means it wasn't expected, wasn't prepared for, wasn't planned for. We're really good at planning good church services. We've served in ministry, my wife and I, for a number of years at a number of churches. And there's, there's ways to plan out a service that just flows beautifully. And you can have this transition lead into this transition and have all these pieces. But you cannot prepare for when the Spirit of God shows up in power. And there's a movement that begins to take place. And that's what I love about the promise with Pastor Cindy and the team and Drea and the worship team. There's space that's left for what God wants to do. There's space that's left. Did you know that the disciples, 120 in the upper room, had to wait for 10 days before the baptism of the Holy Spirit came? Do you know how many people Jesus appeared to during the 40 days that he was raised? Over 40 days, he appeared multiple times to 500 people, the Bible says. And from that 500, only 120 were in the upper room. Not everybody who encounters God will be able to step into what he's doing in that season, but I'm believing for every one of you that you will respond favorably to what the Lord is saying and to what he's doing in this hour and in this day. And so the 120 were in the upper room and they were waiting and the suddenly happened. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing wind. You can't plan for this. You can't have your production team like have the right track prepared for this. The sound of a rushing wind. Imagine that sound. Picture that in your mind. What what does that sound like? You're sitting in a room, you're praying, and you hear blowing through the room. The sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. Filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be, this is the Holy Spirit manifesting now in the form of tongues of fire. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each one of them. All of them, everybody say all. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them in that moment. This is a big moment. This was equivalent to Jesus having the Spirit of God in the heavens rent and the presence of the Lord in the form of a dove resting upon Jesus. This is equivalent to that moment for these believers. This is Jesus' commissioning to the 120 saying, go out and be me everywhere you go. Do what I do. Say what I say. Pray how I pray. It was their commissioning They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, in other tongues, as the Holy Spirit enabled them. Skip ahead now, verse 13. Some, however, made fun of it. Some, however, mocked. They made fun of them by saying they have had too much wine. 
And here's Peter who gets up in this moment. And Peter, who was the one, by the way, who was too scared to say that he was a follower of Jesus. He denied Jesus three times. This is the one when he's standing at, sitting at a campfire and the, the girl asks, weren't you, weren't you one of those 12? Weren't you part of the team of disciples? I'm pretty sure I saw you. I recognize your face. You look familiar. And Peter chickened out. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. He didn't even have the guts to stand up and say, I'm a follower of Jesus around a campfire with one of the girls that was asking him. He denied Jesus three times. And now here is Peter. Something shifted. Something changed with Peter. What was it? It was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit that rested upon Peter. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. The same spirit that anointed Jesus, that anointed Peter, anoints you and I today. 2,000 years later. It's the same thing. So here now is Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the boldness of our Savior. And he stands up and he says to the 11, he raised, he raised his voice and he addresses the crowd. There's an entire crowd of people. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. I love that picture that we had with Pastor Cindy. Sometimes the things of the Spirit don't make sense in the natural minds. But he's shifting something. He's shifting something. <laughs> when I saw that picture, I could not hold it together. I could not. The Lord is just, he's doing a beautiful work because in the context of all the things that we've seen with Pastor Cindy and the family, what's going on, there's an oil of joy for mourning. Come on. It's an oil of joy for mourning. Peter says it's only nine in the morning. They're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. It's 11.33 in the morning today. We can be drunk in the spirit. There's actually a permission for us to be drunk in the Spirit, to partake, to indulge in the things of the Spirit, to excess. Indulge in the things of the Spirit. See, we, we grow up in a generation that wants you to indulge in the things of this world, to indulge in what the world has to offer, but God designed us with a, a gauge in our hearts to indulge in the things of the Spirit, to be immersed in His presence and see, what happens is the things of the Spirit are contagious. Jesus transferred his anointing to the 120, to the 12 disciples. The 12 disciples by Peter preaches the gospel for the first time, and 3,000 are saved in a day. And the church begins. See, the things of the Spirit are meant to be passed. They're meant to be contagious. They're meant for you to receive a touch from him and to go out those doors and be Jesus. To do what he says to pray what he prays. That's your commission, church. We get to do that. We get to walk in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus removed the sin issue from our hearts when we place our faith in him, that he is the risen Savior. And the Holy Spirit upon you gives you the supernatural ability to do things that you've never seen done before. I'm calling you, church, by the Spirit that's in me, quickening my heart to just challenge you. Do impossible things this year. Do the impossible this year. I was at the gym, 
and I, there was this there's this man that I saw working out at uh, on a couple of machines and this man clearly had been disfigured from some kind of uh, explosion, some fire accident. His, he had skin grafts all over his face. His ears were missing. He had burns all over his arms. So clearly something had happened. And I remember in my heart, I just, I started just kind of praying in the spirit. I said, Lord, I, I want to be, I want to have the kind of dangerous faith that would just go up and just say, be healed in Jesus' name. Nothing's impossible for our God. Skin grafts can be regrown. And I want us to be the one, I remember the Lord just stirring in me, saying, I want to do the impossible through you. I want to do the impossible. Stop limiting what you think God can do through you because it's not you anyways that's doing it. The spirit of God that rests upon you is the anointing of Jesus to be him in that moment. And when you see brokenness, when you see, uh, when you see issues where there's trauma and people deal with mental health challenges, you can, in a moment, you can either do years and years of counseling or in a moment you can speak the word of the Lord and see God bring transformation. That's what we're called to, church. Can we all stand as we pray? We're going to minister for a minute. I just want to allow the Lord room to do what he wants to do today. Thank you, Jesus. If you could just lift your hands, even online as you're watching this, the Lord can transfer his touch to someone listening across the globe. He can touch you right here in this room. I would encourage you though, if you are just listening online, you need to find a body where you're in the atmosphere of heaven on a regular basis. His presence is here. Jesus is here. He wants to baptize you this morning in the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, just begin to lift up your voice, lift up your heart to him. Thank you, Jesus. Fill the room, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, yes, Lord. Fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Father, we thank you that when you sent your Son Jesus that we encounter you and that Jesus, you said is better that you go, that the Holy Spirit could come and you would send him. So Father, I pray right now that there would be a, a overflowing in this room, that there would be an infilling right now in our hearts, that the Spirit of God would sweep through this place in power. Lord, that we would begin to walk in the anointing and the confidence and the faith that Jesus, you walked in 
that you back up your word with power. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, sing it again. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit. We need you, God. Fill the room. Fill the room. Fill the room. Fill the room. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Fill the room. Fill the room. Fill the room. Fill the room. Holy Spirit. Come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. You're all we want, Lord. You're all we want. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Come on, see it again. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. Yes, you are. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Let's wait in the Lord for a minute. Yes, you are, Holy Spirit. Fill the room, fill the room. Fill the room, fill the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you that your spirit is here. We thank you that you empower your word. We thank you that you are the baptizer, Jesus, in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. If any of you in the room need a fresh and filling, if there's a desire in your heart to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I'd like love for you to come forward. I'm going to have Pastor Cindy come up, close out the service. And we're going to begin to minister. We'll see what the Lord is doing. We'll begin to flow. Father, we thank you that you move in this space. We thank you that you're moving in this church. And we commit our heart to you. We commit this year to you that, Jesus, we would walk in the impossible because your spirit is the one that anoints and fills and flows through us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Yeah, there's a, there's a powerful presence of the Lord here. If you have not yet received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it's a gift. You'll receive it. And it's always easier when the presence of the Lord is just so tangible. So if that's you, as we dismiss, just come down front. We're going to pray for you. I promise you, you'll receive it. It's, it's an awesome moment. Uh, so we'll be down here. Pastor David and Carrie will be down here. I'll ask the, the rest of um, everybody if you could just not disturb the people that have come down front. If you have questions about it, come down front, but don't miss this opportunity. If you've received, but maybe you're you're stuck, maybe you don't have a, a great flow yet, you've just got one or two words, then come down as well. We'll pray for you as well, and uh, you'll get that that fresh in filling, all right? So we'll just have the, the music continue, and we'll be down front. Otherwise, thank you, everybody. I just want to thank everybody.
that's been praying for me. I have felt your prayers and I have felt held up. I know by the grace of God that I have gone through everything and I honestly couldn't do any of it. I feel all of your prayers. I have such a beautiful tribe uh, standing with me, going through this with me as well. So I appreciate all of you beyond words. So thank you. Thank you, Pastor David. Great message and Carrie. But um, if that's you, if you want to come down for ministry, come down. The rest of them will ask you that you dismiss uh, the service and uh, we'll see you at P3. And we'll just uh, be down front if you want ministry.